0: Welcome to the Hair What I'm Saying podcast. I'm your host, Kenitra Stewart, where we explore the complex and often heartbreaking reasons black women have learned not to like their hair. From a young age, many black women are taught that natural hair is not beautiful or acceptable, leading to a lifetime of struggles with self-esteem and cultural identity, Join us as we delve into the history and societal pressures that have contributed to this phenomenon and discover the empowering movement of self-love and acceptance that is changing the conversation around black hair. Welcome, dear listeners, to a deeply moving and inspirational episode of Hair What I'm Saying. Today we're diving into a heartfelt conversation that touches not only the souls of hairstylists but every black woman who has experienced the profound journey of self-discovery and self-love through their natural hair. In a world where beauty standards have often tried to dictate what is acceptable, nothing is more disheartening than hearing another black woman express her struggle with her own hair. But today... We're here to uplift and empower, share a story of resilience and celebrate the beauty in our natural curls, no matter how kinky, curly, coily and wavy. We have a remarkable guest with us, Jerrica, who has traveled this journey and emerged victorious. Her story is a testament to the strength that reside within us all. So without further ado, let's dive deep into this conversation and uncover the wisdom, experiences, and empowerment that will resonate with you and inspire you to embrace the beauty of your natural hair. Welcome, Jerrica. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Thank you so much for carving time out of your schedule to meet with us today and share. We really appreciate you.
1: Of course. You're welcome.
0: So what's interesting is, Jerica started coming to receive salon services by me about two years ago, roughly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So obviously she had already arrived into this space of loving and accepting her natural hair because we never shared a conversation at the salon that she did it. So <laughs> whenever I created the Instagram story that I was looking for someone who was in this space and has evolved into the space of accepting their natural curls, she responded and said, I will do the podcast. And I was actually very surprised that she did not like her natural hair because she has been to me a multitude of times. And I'd done her hair for her wedding and she chose a natural hairstyle for her wedding. So I was very shocked that once upon a time, yeah. She didn't like her natural hair. So, Jerrica, I really want to know, of course, we're going we're gonna to dive deep into how you arrived where you are today. But can you just walk us through your natural hair journey? Like what inspired you to go natural, you know? From the beginning?
1: Yeah, of course. So I originally started one because it was too hard to straighten my hair anymore. Okay.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> you were relaxed then? Yes. Okay. And it was still hard to straighten your hair. Like, yeah, what do you I mean, mean by I have that? I very,
1: very thick hair, you know. Um, uh-huh. And so, and I also played sports growing up. I grew up near the coast. So just like the combination of humidity and sweat. Like, okay. I, I was fighting my hair all day long.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Even in this relaxed state, it was still a struggle for you to style and keep up with your hair
1: yeah because the places that I hold like the most moisture or you know that place that gets sweaty fast or things like like the crown of my hair uh-huh. all my the way that I cut my hair into a bob okay that's the first part that shrunk up so if it didn't, oh. if it didn't fall correctly my hair kind of just like sat up in the back you know? so like
0: in that crown area you were kind of struggling
1: yeah and like even with the ra- relaxer you know that kind of makes it straight but it doesn't get it stick straight and it doesn't stay that way
0: Mm, that's interesting do you know what type of relaxer your stylist was using back then or were you doing a relaxer at home
1: for the most part it was relaxers at home oh we did try the like going to a salon that was kind of where i then I stumbled into you, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think I was going to the same kind of stylist that my mom had, even though now we don't have the same hair texture. And I'm uh-huh. sure that definitely, you know, plays a role. why I didn't uh-huh. like it because it took so long. Uh uh-huh. And so I think it was just a combination of all of them together. And then, of course, like the at-home stuff isn't the s- same quality as you right. would get in the salon. So. Because
0: I was going to say maybe because it was a box relaxer, the strength can be a little bit more I don't know, if actually, if it's mild or more super. I have no idea. But technique is a major issue when it comes to not chemically straighten the hair properly. You right. Know? Well, and
1: you know, I have like issues around the front of my hair where it gets really dry. Uh-huh. I, I think that's, like, where I would burn fast. Uh-huh. And so I was always like, my mom didn't want to damage it, you know. So I was okay. very, very, like... It's burning, it's hurting, it's hurting. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was just because I was a baby or if uh-huh. it was just because it really was. I was really sensitive. I have really so you sensitive were skin. a baby.
0: What do you mean by that? Like you were a baby? Well, I meant
1: like I was really sensitive and like I would complain.
0: Oh, about it <laughs> like the way how you feel. Like, right, you yeah. know, like I was more sensitive, right. not like an actual kid No, receiving. I think I
1: started. My mom was very um, wary about putting too harsh of things okay. um, in my hair at first, um, especially, you know, around the edges and stuff like that. You don't want it to like break off too quickly. Right. Uh huh. But I think because, again, my hair's so thick and then getting through it and sports and all of that, I think it was just more so it's not going to get straight until we leave it on for a little longer. And so I just had to get used to it. Yeah. OK.
0: Got gotcha. you. So at what age did you receive your last relaxer? What age were you?
1: I would say I went natural in college. So I would say maybe eight, ten years ago. Okay. Officially. And then, of course, you know, you got to grow it out. So, like, I think I started the process, Uh like, in college because, again, I was away from home. I was away from my stylist. Uh That was when I moved up here. And I was like, I have no idea who's going to do my hair. The lady who did my hair did my hair for five years, you know. So Okay.
0: Did you try to find a hairstylist when you got out here or you just kind of felt like...
1: I did, and the it was funny because the first thing they asked me was, "Is your hair relaxed?" and I said yes, but I was more so wanting to not. And then they were kind of like, "Oh, well, I don't know if I can do your texture," and that's when I was like, "Okay, you're you're gonna start messing up my hair." Because
0: back then, that was the relaxer era, right? Right? Yeah, it was because it's what 2023. So you said about eight to ten years ago. That's 2013, 15. Yeah, Yeah. that was a time when you saw people transitioning. Yeah, and most hairstylists were definitely still. Apply and relax it. Well, the
1: first thing they would say is because I wanted to do it without chopping because I was you wanted to
0: transition, right? Okay, I was
1: afraid of like because I also had you know I had gotten a bob so it was like already still growing out. I was afraid Uh I was gonna have to shave it to get down because it was you already
0: feel like I don't have a lot of length and then if you cut it then I'm really not gonna have any length. Okay, so since you were transitioning it was more like I rather them, I rather my hair grow a little more and you cut as it you know, grow yeah. because you were concerned about retaining length. You didn't yeah. want it too short. Well, Got gotcha. especially
1: because, like, at that point, I want to be able to put my hair up if I need to because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me make sure that I can still have enough to put it up
0: I know out that's of that's face. Right. Yes. Because
1: that would just be too much, I think, too too quickly, like, transitioning, like, cutting it and having to, like, style it every day. And, and also just
0: the out. struggle with two different textures when it's short. That's yes. When your hair is short and you're trying to transition – That is a struggle. Most girls end up cutting their hair just off, just cutting all the relaxed hair off because it's, it's like, it's not long enough. It's not short enough to do anything. And then you have these really puffy resilient roots and then you have this straight stringy hair that's just hanging on for dear life, yes. you know? <laughs> and so and it's just going to lose length because of that natural hair at the roots that's coming in, you yep. know, which makes it harder to pull it up, you which know? it was
1: nice at that age because it was like the bump it, you know? era. Uh-huh. It
0: was like you had a little hump so in the front. time
1: <laughs> that I had a little puff in the front and then I could just kind of use some bobby pins to kind of like zhuzh it up. But beyond <laughs> that, I didn't have to do too much. That is so, so it was true.
0: Good. I definitely... I definitely have a few pictures with that pompadour. <laughs> it was like a pompadour. Yes. Yeah. OMG. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So when you got here, most hair hairstylists were not tapping into styling and taking care of natural hair. They were very well still doing relaxed hair, just treating relaxed hair. Yeah. So then also, let's just be honest, like in Austin, we are still trying to Fine, black hairstylist. Not yes. even just black hairstyles that can take care. That specialize in
1: someone who's touched black hair. Yeah, anybody. That's
0: just the thing here, right? <laughs> so then you get here, and it's like not only is that not, not even a resource. Like they, I, I'm I'm literally out of resources. I am my only resource, right? Yes. Okay, so you decided from then on. Like, what happened? Like, what happened?
1: Well, I was fine. I would travel, actually four hours to go back and like schedule appointments to get my hair done uh when I would go home, you know, I'd make a trip out of it, see my parents Uh um, and then I get my hair done. And that was really the basis of why I would go. Okay. To kind of get me set up and, you know, get me like a trim, everything. And then, uh um, I would only do – I was still wasn't relaxing, so she would wash, you know, detangle. I would, like, detangle myself, you know, leading up to it. Uh-huh. She would kind of style it, kind of blow it out, things like that, maybe flat iron it or I whatever. was going to ask, But I wasn't yeah. relaxing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, just enough to, like, maintain it. But, yeah, I was driving four hours to go back home to schedule appointments.
0: And now when I first started doing hair out here and I, and I was, you know, hearing more clients say, oh, yeah, I drive to Dallas and I drive to Houston. I drive here to get my hair done. At first, that used to shock me. But you saying you drove for four hours to get your hair done, it doesn't even shock me because it's like a thing that black women have to do out here in Austin because there's really any, there's no hairstylist out here for... Black women right. that cater to specific needs that black women need for their hair.
1: Well, it's, it's a, like a common problem. So then I also ran into the issue of like someone be like, oh, 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 yeah, I can do black hair. And then I'm like, can you
0: really, though? Like, uh-huh. what, what
1: can you do to black hair? Was this like- a black
0: stylist or was this she,
1: no she, I think she was like Hispanic or something but she okay. was recruiting like actively like people of color and like you know more power to her I didn't you know nothing against her but uh-huh. I was also kind of wary because one I don't know you and that's already like a boundary that you have to kind of step into. Especially with somebody.
0: curly hair. We're more vulnerable about who does our hair when we right. tap into this curly hair world. That's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And especially because I'm coming into it completely blind and I would like somebody to know what to do so I feel comfortable. Like right. I'm going to someone who who, you know, ideally would have this experience that uh-huh. I'm trying to tap into. And so if you're weary and I'm weary, like this is not already going The go. energy
0: is not matching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's matching, but not in a way where it needs to be in harmony. Right, you know? and I'm
1: willing to pay for what I need to pay for. But mm-hmm. my thing is also I don't want to then regret months later having to, you know, shell out this much money and then look in a mess.
0: You know, for you to say she was Hispanic... There are a lot of Hispanic women that can take care and style textured hair. So that's even shocking to hear that yeah. she didn't appeal to what you were needing, right. you know. But did she do your hair or was this a consultation?
1: It was a consultation. And, okay. like, she she was more so encouraging me. Oh, was, like to do protective styles like oh you need to do this to protect your hair and,
0: and you were still transitioning correct right okay yeah. and okay. so I
1: was more so like that's fine to do but also I want something that I can do myself every single day mm. and then coming to you know a stylist to you know cut trim all the good things to keep it but healthy. you want to know how to maintain absolutely without With a protective texture that I'm trying to figure without out a protective
0: style you know what
1: at that point I didn't even know my texture you know like, no I didn't really because know. you had two my different textures had long stick straight hair she relaxed her hair yeah and
0: then even you you can't go by your mom. You know, your mom can have one texture. You can have some completely different. Your dad, all three of y'all can share different textures. My dad's
1: Hispanic on his side too. So like, there's all kinds of things like.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, you could have tapped anywhere in that DNA and got a texture, you know? So even with, you know, at least with your mom and your dad, it's like some point of reference. Like, is it going to look like the two combined or one or the other, you know? But I will say it was, That was pretty good advice, you know, to resort to protective hairstyles during a transitioning phase because it is very challenging to style two different textures yeah. because you have to treat them according to the textures right. so it's like on one half you have straight hair then the other half is curly mm. and they both need specifically different things because one is still chemically treated and then one is not chemically treated at all right. so that's actually how I transition. I went from braids I went from weaves because I knew if I didn't protect this to a certain extent and I'm a low-maintenance person, I was like, I'm not going to be doing this every day. Yeah. So it's kind of like you got to do what's best for you in those moments, according to like your lifestyle. Like, are you low-maintenance? Are you high-maintenance? But it sounded like you were willing to maintain in yeah. between and then see me, I was not, you <laughs> know? And so I almost want to say she probably didn't quite know how to help you maintain it at home because it can be such a difficult journey some people have given up during that transition phase because they try to style it themselves in between and it's just a lot and I was actually one of those people as a hairstylist I was like I can't do this I can't do this and I relaxed my hair (laughs) I had went an entire year and then I relaxed my hair I was like it's not long enough to cut for me right now but I just rather just take the easy way out and just relax. And immediately I regretted it and I never got to relax her again. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to make it work. I'm going to stay committed, you know. So I'm almost thinking like she probably resorted to that solution just because maybe in her small or large history of clients like you transitioning, it it don't work out. It don't work out. But that still doesn't omit the option of giving you the option to yeah. do it yourself you know at that point that's when you or, do you know
1: be real like it's gonna be a lot
0: or be real yeah. like be transparent you know like you know yeah we can do this but this is what you need to do in between time right you know yeah and then from there we can decide if that doesn't work we'll resort to the protective hairstyles right, right? yeah okay so from the consultation did you ever go back to this hairstyle is to get your hair done or did what not. did you what did you decide to do <laughs> no
1: I did not I think uh, I was a little afraid mm-hmm. um and so then that point I in my research of looking into other people I actually was like okay what can I do in the meantime because my options look really sparse uh-huh um so I started looking into more products then instead of okay. like things that I could do better for myself and so I looked into like what kind of products I needed for my hair because it was transitioning really like av- things to avoid so what where were
0: you resorting for this information like YouTube like where where did you go to get these resources? So I would
1: ask my stylist back home you know okay like you know because the things that I had you know my hair would get really dry things that I mentioned to you when I started my scalp would get really itchy really dry Uh and then I would dry like my my hair holds water forever, but it doesn't yes, seem it to.
0: Yes, it
1: <laughs> But it doesn't seem to like do any good for it. Yeah, you know, it's it's it low, that like low porosity, whole, porosity,
0: y'all. Yeah. That's what low porosity is. Your hair will hold all that water, but it ain't penetrate no strands. That's no, a dead indicator you have low porosity. <laughs>
1: yes. So a lot of it was things to do overnight. So she would give me things to put in my hair, and then she was like, "Your hair is gonna hold this all night long. Just wrap it in a shower cap. You know, put a little bonnet over that shower cap. Okay. To really retain the moisture. And she was like gave me good advice for that, which made it more manageable. Okay, Since so that
0: could, did, that advice did help you.
1: Yes, because it was like my hair, would get, you know, from sweating or whatever, then it would like ball up and then you try to go through it in the morning or whatever and then start the whole process again okay and she gave me advice for things like hair masks and oils and things to put in my hair at night uh-huh. So then as soon as i put you know something to him in the morning that i was able to work with something in the morning gotcha whether it's detangling because that will help me you know later in the day whether it's putting something that i'm gonna be outside and all all day it'll at least hold some sort of moisture whatever it was For that day, Uh she gave me good advice for good products, for things that will help it. Didn't necessarily, like, try to achieve a certain texture. I just was going for manageable at that point. And
0: taking care of the integrity of your hair. Right. Because I had
1: length. I had, but it was definitely, like, I had to start doing something to it to actively take care of it as it was transitioning.
0: So what styles were you wearing in that time?
1: A lot of, so I had, like, I pull it up into a puff. So whether I so could, you even
0: though your ends were straight, you were still able to manage a puff.
1: I was, okay. and so the way that I did that, I like I said, I'd kind of do like flat twists in the front or something, or uh-huh. braids in the front. Um, a lot of it was kind of pulling it up to that crown area, which again was already naturally like puffy uh-huh. and so i was able to kind of like work something into like a little high puff or okay. high like bun or something because mm-hmm. we still again still had i'm um, more so i would just kind of like wrap it around almost like a top knot situation mm-hmm. and then use bobby pins i stopped using like hair ties and stuff and really just tried to use like the volume of my hair yeah like because the hair pins.
0: ties they will definitely remove it yes
1: <laughs> And then, well, and then for me, bobby pins, like,
0: give you a little bit of give. Yes. Yeah. And it
1: was like, there was thin on the sides if I tried to pull it up. And I didn't want to brush it down to death with gel and stuff too. Yes. Um. And so I did a lot of like creative, like flowing with the puff up there until I could really get it into a style. And that,
0: was that your go-to or that's just kind of one of the styles that you're sharing? It
1: was. It was like my go-to for years. And it looked great. Like I had, you know, different ways of pulling it. And, mm-hmm. and you would never know that it was just, you know, bobby pins. Uh-huh. But for me, it was like kind of just boring, especially now that I have different hair texture and more to do with my hair. I Mm -hmm. realized that I was so bored with it and so limited Uh and I didn't want to chop it. Like I was very set on not chopping it. So
0: how long did you wait before you like how long did you transition rather? How long did you transition?
1: I think it was about two, two and a half, three years almost. Uh, Oh, that's a
0: long transition. It is.
1: And again, like through the process of everything that I was doing and then just like the high heat in Texas, I really had to like pay attention because again, like I said, my hair's so dry at some points and you know how black people are. They'll be like, oh, what's what's going on with your head? Like you had uh, you to You were like- getting those questions. Oh my gosh, yes. From who? Family, always. When you would go home. Because again, my family at the time you realized- I was one of the very first people, me and my aunt were the very first people in our family who went with our natural texture. Okay. relaxed. And everyone everyone was
0: still relaxed. So I know they had so many questions for you. Yes. Even when you go completely natural and you make it, I mean, you style it in the most beautiful hairstyles. They will still question.
1: Kenitra, I could be coming from (laughs) basketball practice. Girl, what's
0: going on with your hair? What do you want to be going on? I just came from basketball practice.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know how church folk and sometimes black people are. Especially the
0: elder generation. Uh Yeah, they were definitely, which, and see, to me, that's even more interesting because they grew up in the era of the 70s where the froze and the puffs were popping. So I found it very. I still have pictures
1: of my parents with Jared Krill. So please tell me. Right. So how
0: (laughs) is it that you can't relate to this in these moments? If it's anything, it should be people around my era, not y'all. Because y'all went through it all. Y'all were pressing your hair with blue magic. You got the relaxers that had the lie in them. It was burning your scalp off. You went through the era of having froze. Y'all had freezes, finger waves. Like Y'all went through the most eclectic era ever when it came to black hair. Mm. And for some reason, I'm going natural. And it's so, I don't know. It's so foreign to you.
1: (laughs) talk about it but like it was a lot for me I think that was the hardest part I think realizing on the other end of it was I spent so much time trying to fight my natural hair that mm. I was like not enjoying my hair. I told you when I, I was like, oh, I think the first things I said to you when I started was like, oh, my hair is this. Here are all the bad things about my hair. Uh-huh. And like, I think you were the first person to say something good. I yeah. Was like, Wait, my hair's mm-hmm. not broken. Wait, my hair's not bad.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you usually, were the very first person. And usually, I always try to change the narrative and say, well, what do you like about your hair? Because, you know, I know that sometimes the negatives just stick out more than anything right. but it's like you gotta have something that you like you know something and it's like okay let's work around that and then build from there right. you know and that way the positive things that you love about it will start being more in the forefront and the negative things become smaller and smaller and smaller you know
1: right it's like I, when I first step into those space I was almost like trying to minimize okay like I, I'm gonna make it as l- most manageable as possible I'm gonna uh-huh. tangle it even if I have to wake up several hours before my appointment you know, it was uh-huh. like a whole process of just trying to be comfortable when I'm there to be less of a burden to that person. Uh-huh. Even though I'm paying for the service, you know, it's just like all the mind games surrounding all of that. OK,
0: so let's back up because we never got to the point where you chopped the relaxed ends off. So you say you transitioned for about almost three years. Did you cut your own ends off?
1: So I would get trims. Okay. And I that was when I would travel back to my So eventually it's
0: just from the trims it be- yeah. became Yeah. Then natural. it got to a
1: point where she was like there's just a little bit left and again it was like the last little bit of my bob and uh-huh. all that and she was able to kind of show me what it was supposed to look like okay. by using kind of like Hiding part of the part that she would cut off, and then she's like, "See this part here. This is what it will do." She even like puts. I think I don't know what product it was, but she put something in it so that I could see that this is what it will do when it grips this natural texture. Okay. And so then I was more comfortable by that point, like letting go, of, letting that last go of the bit. last little bit, right? Okay. It was gonna be a little bit shorter, and like. I'm very, I say this all the time when I do my hair with you, but I'm very adamant about the way it looks around my face. Because if you don't have, you know, if you change too much around this, your face, yes. you kind of change the way you see yourself. Absolutely. And so I was really wary about that. But once she was able to kind of show me that, you know, this is still your hair, this is, it's just going to be look for a little bit, I was able to realize that each time I went, she trimmed more. Not uh-huh. because, like, she, it's going away, but because it's growing out, because it, it needs to go. It away. needs to go. Yeah. And, and it,
0: I'm telling you, like, I have <laughs> been... Through that as a hairstylist where clients, it's like literally a centimeter. It's yes. like, it got to go. It got to go. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's
0: what it was. That's that emotional attachment at that point, because it, it literally has nothing to do with the physical attachment because no. it's not even really there. No. You know, so how many years did you drive back and forth to your stylist?
1: I, up until I met you. <laughs> and,
0: oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you that was years. Yes. Yeah. Whoa, 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 I would. And I,
1: I the tried. The good thing I, is like, that I'd you were
0: to- very dedicated to you know, your hair journey, yeah. you know, because girl, like I just got tired of it and relaxed it and you never went back to a relaxer once you transitioned over completely. No, because then I would
1: have to like, I had never relaxed it myself. I had always had my, either my mom do it or had somebody else do it. Uh I had never done it myself. And so I was worried about, you know, then damaging something. Oh, the first time I do it, it's going to, ruin this, uh, of this project even
0: if there was a stylist and i saying you was just like no i'm not gonna did, no. did you ever have moments where you was like you know i what? did
1: look into it and, and yeah. especially because like obviously it's not so convenient to plan those trips um, uh-huh. and so i was like well, maybe but then again i get like overwhelmed frustrated whatever the case may be because mm-hmm. again there's not very much here but like I said that's when I was really adamant about like okay I'm gonna spend a little bit more on the products that I need and then uh-huh. so I started looking at people who had texture like me my hair right. went natural and so I would literally just hey what works on your hair and then uh-huh. I'd buy this and I'd try it you know it's like a graveyard of products in my okay Tons so of them.
0: what products you felt like were like the go-tos like no matter what I do this product never fails me do you remember
1: um So I started out with oils, which I know now we're moving away from the oils all of the time in some cases. I
0: mean, I tell everybody, like, you have to do what works for you. Yeah. Because this is what also makes the natural hair journey so just not enjoyable. It's like there's so much. It's like information overload. And a lot of it is wrong. A lot of it is so wrong, you know, and this creates the stress for going natural emotionally right. because of this information. And it's like you really only need a little small hair care regimen. Right. That's for you and move on, because I hate when people come at the audience, what, no matter what platform you own, you come out so matter of fact. And you are so wrong. Uh, The majority of people out here are wrong about natural hair care (laughs) because none of us share the same exact pattern. And if you do have similarities in pattern, that does not mean you have the same porosity. Mm. So what works for you in hair products? Because porosity is the ability for the hair to, to absorb moisture. So if you have high porosity, I have low and she has medium, but our textures are similar. The product is not going to work. Right. You know what I'm saying? So and until we understand that, that's when we're really going to take off on a natural, healthy, emotional hair journey. Yes. But because of this information, oh, I tried that product. Her hair is very similar to mine. It didn't work out for me. It's not going to work out for you because one is similar. It's not the same. That's number one. Your mm-hmm. textures are similar. It's not the same. And then you have to consider porosity because I can't tell you how many natural heads I have touched and no one strands are even the same. Even on one head of hair, Right. your hair ain't the same. You can have looser texture in the front and tighter in the back. Mm-hmm. So you really mean to tell me that your hair is just like hers. <laughs> that's why it's not working out for you.
1: Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. You it don't realize. is. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, okay. Especially when they compare um, natural hair by like textures, by pictures. Yep. Like, oh, this is a this texture. Yep. Oh, this is a this texture. Mm-hmm. So you think it's like one size fits all. Like, oh, I'm closer to this one.
0: And it's not. And that's why the advice I can give someone out there is find a natural hair care specialist and then they will help you with a specific regimen catered to you because. If you don't even have the same hair strands as the people that brought you here in the world, there's no way you have the same hair strands as somebody you don't even know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's one solution to helping you, you know, progress in your natural hair journey if you are struggling accepting your natural hair. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So now that you are fully transitioned What are your next steps to taking care of your hair and just, you know, flowing through your natural hair journey?
1: So that point, again, I was saturated with products. And so I was just kind of trying to maintain what would do for me. Like I can detangle my hair, just getting a a weekly like schedule for myself. Okay, did that and then I started like wanting to do, you know, more with color and then I was like okay I'm not gonna do relaxing but then I was trying to look into like healthier color that wasn't using bleach Mm -hmm. they had a lot of those like waxes and those right those temporary temporary things Mm -hmm. so I was like playing with my hair at that point then I started to try to do more so at that point it was fully transitioned as I mentioned but it was again like some places were longer. Some places were shorter. This is oh. like it was after it started to grow out within my actual texture. Mm-hmm. And so then that's where I was like, OK, I would trim some places like if I got knots, I would, you know, cut those places like if right to tangle them or, you know, I would really switch. And find like I got a Denman brush, you know, things like that that I really needed to have like staples. I started looking into like reducing the heat and okay. things like that, just taking care of it. But things that I could do on myself that aren't me going to seek somebody out. Because again, I tried, figured out this is better for me. So you
0: did try to see a natural hairstylist once you... Fully transition. When I fully
1: did, yes. Okay, so
0: what happened there at so that appointment? So I went to someone in Houston. Okay. Because, again,
1: my aunt had already gone natural. And, again, I'm still using people that I know and people know. As they a resource. Know. Right. Uh-huh. And so I went to someone in Houston. She did my hair really well. But, again, it was out of my area. And it wasn't – she was a little bit expensive as well. Like, she charged me. And it was, like, a four- or five-hour process. And What the, would you
0: get done at oh these appointments?
1: So she <laughs> – she like did like a treatment. She you know convinced me that I need to do these detox and things. And I assumed it was because like oh you know my hair is really dry and so this is really supposed to help lock in the moisture and that's what this whole process is for. I don't really know who knows. But again, she was like the old school style where you just kind of had multiple people going at once. So it was a longer oh, process than it actually. That's why you were there
0: be. for so long. Okay, right. gotcha. And uh-huh.
1: she just would put something like I don't know a mask or something on you know on my and hair sit and set you to the have, side. Yes. Mm. Have me sit to the side. And that was like my big thing. When you were like, Oh, I only schedule one at a time, I was like sold. Done.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because that's
1: the biggest deterrent because Yes, my I know anxiety me, who cannot that's gonna hold water until the next year. Uh, yeah. Is, <laughs> I was gonna be there forever. Yeah. I knew it
2: mm-hmm so okay it really
1: discouraged me to like go there again she did my hair really well she was the one who kind of showed me what a diffuser actually should do um, oh, I didn't really okay, understand good. what the process was like you know I'm like it just looks like this little you know strainer on top of a blow dryer I don't understand what it actually is doing and what's important about it right and she told me about like not use switching my towels when I dry my hair off and you know instead of like cloth like, Right. What does she advise? Microfiber. Okay. And then also there's like a thin one, I forgot what it is, but she had shown me this like thinner one that was basically like the equivalent of wrapping my hair up yes. with it. But uh-huh. it just kept everything there and especially holding for my that hair.
0: moisture instead of drying out your hair. Right. So she good. gave me That's she good did give me great
1: advice and mm-hmm. she was um, she was like an older lady and she was really practical about the advice that she gave me and she's like you know i would tell you to use this but again it's probably really expensive so you know this is just as good and it's probably easier to, to come by okay. things like that which were really practical for me you know i was at the time i was like 21 22 and so oh I, like, yeah I yeah, spent yeah a ton of money but it was mm-hmm. really nice to like Seek these things out, and then again, she was like, You only need to use a couple drops when you wash your hair, you know, only a couple drops, yes, not like overloading. Because again, I'm thinking everything is like conditioner, I need to throw it in and you know, use as much as I can,
0: yes, okay. So, what styles would you like? How would she style your hair at the end of the appointment? So,
1: then she was the one that kind of would, would do like flat twists or twists in the front, but mm-hmm. a lot of it was just naturally free-flowing, but she would do things to frame my face. Good. So I didn't have to, like... Add a bunch of things. At the time, I liked wearing headbands, and so she would show me different ways that I could pin it back, and it would look different ways, different ways of parting. So I was very. She was
0: was, so she educated you. She did. That's amazing. Again,
1: and not just here's what I want. Because again, people go in. I want this style. Like, Girl, your hair is not going to do that. So she actually showed me that. Girl, your hair ain't going to do that. But this is what your hair can do. Okay. Very realistic. If you like to wear your hair parted this way, I will show you a couple of styles that you could do this way, or you could do this, and then pin it back and. So there was a lot of things that she showed me that I could still do that didn't change the way that I looked to myself, but also gave me something to do with my hair.
0: Okay. So you would use her regimen at home as well. Right. Did that work out for you or did you feel like you kind of struggle here in between you it know was a little
1: bit here and there but then i realized that when it got harder that i needed to do more to my hair so i needed to really detangle it i need to spend time you know putting more conditioner leave in whatever That's why when would realized, it get harder what do you um, mean because it would my hair would get like you know throughout the week it wasn't easy to like refresh the curls i would gotcha. need to, you know in between closer to when you need to wash but you don't necessarily need to have a full wash day. right like learning the balance between those things and like you know, simply I could have sprayed it with, you know, water and then really, you know, worked it with my hands and then put a little product here and there and Mm -hmm. then did something else and it would have looked just as great. But again, I'm so used to, Everything being stick straight, everything being in place. That in my you didn't mind, allow yourself
0: to have the creative freedom right. of what your natural hair just want to do. Right, because okay. I was
1: thinking of like worst case when it was gonna get really tangly, it's gonna start breaking off. I'm gonna oh, get very knots. Okay. So I was really trying to like, what can I do to keep avoid that instead of like. Your hair is naturally going to revert like that. Yes. So you need to work with it instead of against it. Absolutely. <laughs> that is music
0: to my ears that I'm always informing clients. Like, please just work with your hair. Your hair is going to do what it wants to do. Yes, always. Unless you are about to go through an extreme process mm. to manipulate it. Other than that, it's going to do whatever it wants to do in its natural state for sure. Yes. Yeah, right. So it sounds like the hairstylist in Houston definitely educated you and dropped mm-hmm. gems to help you at home with how to take care of your hair, how to upkeep style, etc. Right. Absolutely. So you did mention you experienced some challenges, you know, even though she gave you a guide, you did still experience challenges at home. Mm-hmm. So can you help us, you know, understand it, like walk us through that situation whenever you experience that?
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned, I the whole time when I was transitioning, I really just Wanted to avoid chopping my hair So when I finally did I was like still battling That okay like this is okay it's fine Like I'm liking what it's doing mm-hmm. But just getting used to the in-betweens mm. Where ha- the way that it Changes again my hair is so thick but it Shrinks up yeah So so, so so tight so for me Even though my hair is super long that was Really daunting for me is when my hair Would shrink up and it's like I've worked so hard to grow This like what the hell like yep. where is
0: it Yeah <laughs> that's true because It's like I have length. Yes. I stretched my curls and the length is there. But when water hits my hair, it shrinks back up to my scalp. If you are one of those people that what it what your hair is saying is you have very skinny hair strands. And if you think about a skinny hair strand opposed to a fat hair strand, a skinny hair strand has no weight. Mm. So it's not going to be able to, you know hold the yeah. yeah, weight there's no weight to keep it down and stretch right. but when you have skinny hair strands it's so light mm-hmm. that as soon as water hit it's just gonna revert back does that make sense Yes. yeah that's exactly what that is so Without for me
1: was the i mean even <laughs> still like I have to be wary about, you know, if I want a certain style, it's like, okay, it looks great right now, but mm-hmm. the second I, you know, any moisture, is, it's going to shrink up a little bit, so I need to get used to, you know, what it's going to look like in the, those in-between stages. And so for me, that was my biggest insecurity was feeling like, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, your ball bald-headed, ball head, like that just natural mm-hmm. thing, and so it's, it's for me, and especially with coming from a family of, like, long, thick hair, mm. that was me, for me, was my biggest insecurity, is when my hair would be at those moments. My dad would always you know make comments oh you know your hair you know looks like a boy or oh your mm. hair and it was like in fun and it wasn't you know it was like teasing kind of fun. it wasn't anything it was mean, harmless scary.
0: from him right, but, but how also you it
1: fed into but how
0: you received it, especially coming from your dad because right. you know your dad loves you and he mm. thinks you are the most beautiful girl in the world but a lot of parents do not understand how some of their comments yes especially aesthetically towards us can be so daunting i'm the
1: baby <laughs> and the only girl and like oh so yeah. that too was really and i look just like my. i mean you can cover up my our hair lines and we all look the same guys so for me that was mm-hmm. really gave me a lot of extra pressure it was like i need to discern that i'm a girl i need to show that i'm a girl um. especially that like if i weren't at a position like where i'm wearing makeup right then I need to, for me, it was very much about being feminine and not masculine.
0: and Mm, Because of the comment that was made.
1: Right. And again, my my dad was very adamant about like not chopping our hair. Like when I chopped my hair into a bob, I was Mm. like, that was me rebelling because I was like, I'm going to college. I'm away from my parents. I Mm -hmm. can do whatever I want. And that was for me because I don't want to have to deal with it. It was just hot. And so that Mm -hmm. was my thing. So just battling those natural instincts that I had within myself and just you know, trying to navigate what I look like. I'm a plus size girl. So Mm -hmm. like making it too short around my face. I have a very round oval face. Yes. Full cheeks, big eyes, big Mm -hmm. lips. So for me, again, I didn't want to look too crazy. Like, you Mm. know, if I'm wearing makeup and stuff, my hair needs to look just as big as every other feature on my face. And Mm. so when it would shrink up, that would make me really anxious. What styles were
0: you resorting to in order to balance and complement your features?
1: So I did, again, Puff was kind of my go-to, and that's Mm -hmm. because it kind of balanced, even though I could really stretch my hair and pull my hair and blow blow it out a little bit to make it bigger. Mm -hmm. Oh, Yeah. But I didn't have to do, like, you know, I'm not adding any extra length. It's literally just from it bringing shrink up to then blowing it out a little bit extra fuller. Mm-hmm. I would also kind of, like I said, frame my face, do a little bobby pin action, do some little flat twists or something. You would
0: frame your face where hair was coming forward? Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. And so
1: I wear a lot of, like, bandanas and stuff and tie it up, almost like, oh, you yeah. know, things like that. So uh-huh. I would do stuff, for the again, at the crown of my hair, and then maybe something in the front. Maybe if I had bangs or something that day, I was starting to play around with... Um, because I again when I had my bob I had like the swoop bangs okay so I was so used I always talk about this now it's like I'm used to having something in In your face okay so for me again because I also at that point was trying to hide like my forehead by that point I didn't at this point, didn't care. But when I first kind of chopped my hair, that was the whole idea. So I really mm-hmm. needed to find something that I could do with my natural hair. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of, you know, where I had my bangs, I would kind of puff it out a little bit mm-hmm. and really have like puffy bangs. Okay. Um, fuller again. Just trying to add their
0: volume to yeah, the compensate. Yeah, just something that I
1: was used to looking at mm-hmm. again. Yeah, and so that was kind of how I balanced it. But again, I had to kind of figure out my own because I'm the, I am the was, you know, only black friend that for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And so having to navigate like – looking put together or you know appropriate for where I am but also like dealing with completely different texture like if I go swimming or something if we happen to get wet my hair is going to look completely different than my friends.
0: So do you feel as though your dad may have had an influence on your styling, you know, when it came to making sure your hair was pushed forward like you're you know styling your hair intentionally forward and you know, wearing makeup or mm. anything to make you feel and look more feminine. Do you feel like your dad had an influence on that?
1: Oh, absolutely. So I'm very much dark color, bright, like jewel tones kind of person. Uh-huh. My dad is Southern Baptist. So he's very churchy. He's very Ooh. like, you know, these are what you, this goes over and here. you need this long is hair here. too. Right. <laughs> and he was like, certain. I liked Like I said, I like to wear bandanas to tie up my hair. I would always get, you know, in trouble for that because it was, Oh, that's gang affiliated. And it was like, oh. I am just trying to tie my hair up. And so he was very adamant about certain boundaries. So then when it came to like, the way that I looked, my mom always had, like I said, long hair, curls, all the things she styled her hair. She was a nurse, so she really couldn't do anything fun with her wardrobe. She would always do stuff with her hair and her makeup. Gotcha. And so that's kind of what he just kind of put me into. You know, you know my mom always did certain. My mom didn't play sports, sports. So I was, you know, sweaty and running around and coming from practice. My mom so. was in dance and you know ballet. Like, oh, she was more dainty. So again, and you were it's an athlete, not, right? And so it's y'all are not, two it's completely different not people, not the same thing. And our yeah. hair. Again, what about his mom? His mom, she's very. She was like musical, so she did so like dainty. Artsy. Yes, yeah, artsy. dainty. Yeah, it can yeah. be very dainty. Not so much sports and stuff, which is fine. I have two older brothers. My dad played sports. Like I grew up on, you know, but you going grew up around boys them. too, and that's going to be an coaches, influence. So it makes sense that I'm always around. So like, your dad was a coach. Yeah, my brothers coaches. Yeah, baseball. Oh, so yeah, of
0: football. course, you know, yeah. you kind of become. You know, whatever you're surround whatever you are exposed to, that's what you probably gonna be engaging in.
1: Right. And again, yes. because I'm playing sports, my hair is only gonna go in certain places and then it's gonna go right back up out of my face. Absolutely. So he was very adamant. You know, he would make comments. So when I would see him, my hair would be like out of whether a bun, whatever I had it in, would be out in free form because I'm at home. I'm done with my day. Right, you know, relaxed. Now the equipment I would be walking around <laughs> with a bonnet, but again, like You can't do that. You can't wear your silk scarf anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, there's those parameters. No bonnets in public. Gotcha. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So it's just kind of jumping from one hoop into the next hoop and like trying to figure out, okay, like here's my put togetherness out in the world. But even when I come home, I have to put my put togetherness.
0: So trying to appeal to like the people you love dearly and people that you don't even care about. Right. Not on that extent at all. That's a lot.
1: Right. And so then coming back into my parents house, you know, as an adult, I'm I feel like I'm back in that space. So it's again like I felt like, OK, let me wash my hair before I make that drive because, Ooh. they, you know, oh, your, your hair's looking a little dry or oh, mm. you know, what have you been doing to your hair was the question. What have you been doing to your hair what does that mean
0: Mm, what is that what is that now
1: (laughs) oh is that you saying it looks great what have you been doing or is that you saying like something's missing what what's up
0: yes okay so did you also receive the comments from your mom or it was just mostly your dad
1: no not so much my mom Mm -hmm. more so yeah it was more so my dad i think the the things that came with my mom um were genuine like questions because again she had relaxed and then everyone was starting to be more natural around her and so she was more so just like you know how is that so hers were genuine like questions you know curiosity but again like my biggest struggles in all of those things were how I per, how I perceive myself, and then also how the world's perceiving me. Like I, my husband's white, and so there's a whole different ball game when it comes You've to being a areas. black person in a space with white people, being uh-huh. a, a female with white people, being a black woman in corporate. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm a scientist. I work in corporate world. I work in schools. I work with children. So number one, I'm having to perceive how are people going to see me coming into this space? I have tattoos. I have piercings.
0: Mm. I'm very well
1: educated, but also I'm, you know, I'm dealing with all this and what's gonna, what's it going to look you like here? can just focus
0: on my job.
1: Right. <laughs> right
0: like I'm a great resource here if you stop putting attention right. on my aesthetic and actually on my intellect right, right? yeah cause whoo <laughs> <laughs> so being that not only did you have to experience some type of aesthetic judgment at home you also had to experience it in the workplace mm-hmm. so I'm gonna take it as though like you you did mention that your coworkers were mostly white yep so how would your white counterparts receive you being that you do have naturally curly hair mm. and piercings and tattoos how would that you know be for you like a normal work day where you just want to go to work and do your <laughs> job
1: <laughs> right how
0: would that be for you like walk us through a work day
1: well, I'm sure this is not unique, but, you know, it's the, oh, my gosh, your hair. <laughs> it's like that, oh, my like you walk into and there's this big exhibit that they're seeing, you know, mm. it's like it's like eyes. Oh, my gosh. They know not to touch. i definitely had moments where people have touched my hair. That's always really weird. Um, and just it's-
0: walk up to you and say
1: oh they'll say oh my gosh your hair and And then then, start touching cover over your hair kind of thing but they they, know not to touch but they still do because they kind of know you so they know that it's okay but then i'm like
0: "What? it's not okay You you
1: don't pet people
0: right i'm not an animal
1: no. And I'm not
0: an exhibit project. That's or, the I'm thing not that, on that irks a, me. Yeah. Like
1: they look at you like, for me, it's like the exoticizing. It's like, oh my gosh, I've never seen something so weird and cool at the same time. Like, I'm uh, a person. It's like, it makes me feel uncomfortable that they're so surprised by my hair.
0: Yeah. And to have that personal experience. Right. And see, I've never had that because I've worked alone for years, especially since I've been natural. But I have had an experience where to make a very long story short and not go and dive into the back end of how I was sitting at a round table with, you know, white people. And they actually were Russian, too. They were Russian, white and German. Mm. And there was a model there that really loved my hair and she complimented it and, you know, said a lot of nice things about it. But she did ask me do you mind if I touch your hair? She did ask me. Mm. And I said, well,
1: <laughs>
0: don't take offense when I say I'm not okay with it. And she was fine and we moved on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah,
1: That's such a weird situation to have to like go through. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody's touched my hair, I'm, I'm again, I work with autistic kids. So I'm very clear about it you know, you don't, this is a terrible thing that you model for kids. Yes. They're just going to walk Especially up to people. Especially
0: wa- uh, so working unnatural, with It's not kids. nice. It makes
1: people feel weird. I, and I usually will kind of like, it to someone who I work with who uh. knows that they should not be asking that or doing those sort of right. things. Right. It's like, I'll do the same thing back to them. And it's like, This is weird, right? We're doing these weird things to each other.
0: And I actually informed my daughter. Now, my daughter went through that in gymnastics because, I mean, let's be honest. Like, gymnastics, now today you can see a lot of people of color in Mm. that sport. But Taking it over. (laughs) But seriously, yeah. But see, but back then when my daughter was in gymnastics, it was still very white predominant, you know. And she had this one girl that would always touch her hair. And and I watched my daughter one time, you know, defend herself by pulling her hair Mm. because she was touching my daughter's hair. I watched my daughter turn around and I don't know what she said, but I know she told her, Mm. stop touching my hair. So my daughter turns back around, is getting ready to run on the vault and the girl touches it again. So my daughter reached around and yanked her ponytail, and Good. guess who got in trouble? Of course, she did My daughter did not get in trouble. Oh, <laughs> surprise! Good. You, no, but it created this entire situation where I went to the Facebook group meeting, letting people know that you know, like basically the parents in the, in the group. Listen. Giving them all the rundown about what we continuously have to repeat about not touching our hair. That
1: is the issue. Yeah. And just constantly, because let me explain to you why I don't want to yes, touch my hair.
0: Constantly repeating. And I repeated uh. it. And I also told them, however, my daughter choose to defend herself. Because at that point, you're being invasive and disrespectful. You already came in her You're touching place. my daughter. My daughter is taught if anybody touch you, by all means, you have the right to defend yourself if you have given them a verbal warning. Mm. You know? So... I told them, I'm just letting y'all you know, please tell your daughters to stop touching her hair. They, and and, and and since I said she is allowed to defend herself, oh, I don't feel safe bringing my daughter mm, oh, to practice okay. anymore. Of course. Right. And so, and then it became this thing where it's like, okay, we have to have a parent meeting because now they don't feel safe bringing their daughter to practice because now Dominique is a threat.
1: Because she reacted like any other typical person would, would have
0: reacted Ugh. right so we get into this meeting and i'm like okay i already know what this is about to, mm. my daughter's about to be the problem i'm about to be the problem because of what i said etc mm. etc et yes right but that coach got in there and she was like look no one should be touching anyone and if your daughter continues to touch another gymnast after they have been verbally warned by the other gymnast, you can just get kicked off. You know, she was like, at the end of the day, your daughter is not focused on what she needs to be focused on. If she's constantly touching someone Mm. and and, and touching is just inappropriate, period, you know, and, and the crazy thing is the aura in the room initially was, hmm, yeah, we about to have this meeting and you are about to get it together. But it was flipped. Good. And everybody left uncomfortable, except for me. Good. And the other people of color in that room. And, and I was even shocked because I was not expecting for it to go that way. Like she literally made it yeah. the other person's issue. And it was not my daughter's issue. But it also helps the fact that my daughter is a respect a respectable young lady mm. and they know like it's not Dominique because Dominique is the most focused, the most respectful, the most disciplined gymnast out here. I know you're the problem without even having to see it. Mm. And that's why I talk to my kids about having a respectable reputation. It goes yes. a long way. We, I just sat there and I didn't have to say nothing, Jerica. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good. so back to you, I had to share that, you know, good. but back I'm glad to you because that
1: that's not common. It's not I common.
0: It's not common. And I felt so just finally, you know, just finally mm. somebody, if not all of you get it. I know her coaches, they get it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it felt good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter felt safe again, you know, because they don't understand. Well, you don't listen. Now she don't feel safe and now she can't focus and mm. do what she need to do, you yeah. know? So, okay, so back to you. So, people would come up to you, ask you, can they touch your hair? Mm. Have you ever allowed someone to touch your hair?
1: I think the only time I did is if I had braids in or something. Ooh. And that would, okay, that makes sense. But I'm thinking, I'm comparing it to. Why do you to,
0: still want to touch I'm compa- the braids? Exactly.
1: I'm comparing it to someone who, like, because for us, it's like, apparently, when we go to the salon, it's like we're we're getting a whole, like, facelift. Like, we're getting something <laughs> so crazy and brand new Whereas people go to, oh, you know, it's always like, oh, I'm going to get my hair done. I'm getting my hair done. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing this stuff, and they get like highlights or they hold the, you know, whatever they do to their hair. A And haircut. it's not a huge thing. Oh, your hair looks cute. That's, that's N- is all it is. Oh, I love the new thing. That's true. For us, it's like, oh my gosh. <gasps> can I touch? Like, I've never once gone out of my, can I touch your hair? No, to I don't want to. It feels
0: invasive. It what? feels invasive. It's hair. To-
1: It It is hair. It is hair. (laughs) It's not a foreign object. I I just, I really don't understand. And that's why it bothers me when employers like make such a big deal. I've never had, luckily never had to like experience like being discriminated against as far as. Good. Okay. I I know that it's definitely something that I had to navigate myself i think going into it, i luckily i worked in schools and so there's lots of different people in schools you know i never had to deal with any of those things i never put any crazy colors in my hair so uh-huh. i never had to deal with any of that uh-huh. um i think for me it was a lot of it was just like okay how can i navigate how can i look put together in this space i didn't mm. want to be the person that were like you know why is her hair looking all crazy like that mm-hmm. and she's you know in business clothes or something absolutely I think. that was for me it was like the mismatch and was like what can I do with my natural state to still look put together and what can I do to make sure that I'm still having fun and doing what I can with my hair respecting mm-hmm. my hair? I'm not going to like pop in and out of like, you know, I'm this is my hair. So what can I do with it to but make But you it were through? still
0: wearing your curls. Absolutely. Okay, because you know there are some situations where black women won't wear their natural hair because mm. of their job. And, well, it, and I work mm-hmm. with
1: autistic kids. And so my kiddos would are, are aggressive. And so naturally in our field, you put your hair up because it will get pulled. You know, mm-hmm. I wear glasses, so I take off my glasses. So there's things that I do at work that are different than most cases. Right. But it just so happens that it was nice that my hair's thicker. And so if they try to pull my hair, it ain't good. Their hands are going to get tangled in my, yes. my, you know, at least <laughs> it'll help me. They can't drag me all around the room. Yeah, because,
0: you know, your hair defies gravity. So it's not like hanging, you know what I'm saying, where they can have it can be so easily accessed
1: Mm. to
0: manipulate in any kind of way that they will want to. Right. So
1: there's nothing. really. I never really had to deal with any of those things, but I definitely did. It was definitely a mental game. And for myself, getting comfortable. Okay, this is your hair like this is your hair. Because in my mind, like for me, it was I had more formal styles when I had my straight hair. I had more, you know, playful styles when I had my straight hair. Uh With my curly hair, it's like, what can I do? I I part my hair differently. I put my hair up in different ways. Uh I do flat twists, you know, maybe with bobby pin, pulled up, with scarves. So there's definitely different things that I can do. And there's things that I'll wear in my hair that I won't maybe wear to work or something. Okay. But it's my hair. (laughs) Like, it's Uh my... I'm not going to make this huge overhaul change to go to my work, you know, nine to five. Was
0: there ever a day where you were styling your natural hair and you're like... What are they going to say? What are they going to think? The
1: first time I wore my fro, I think. Okay.
0: Oh, the fro is the one, right? You can one. wear like some. It's a cute-
1: commitment. Because you can do some half. Because I've done some half ones. I was about to back. say, you
0: can like have half fro out right. and then have a top knot at the top or something the like first, that.
1: Before I did my fro at work. Mm -hmm. I gave myself confidence. I did a frohawk outside of work. Okay. Because I really had to get used to how my hair But see, it's like
0: you're prepping yourself emotionally and mentally before you go to work. Absolutely.
1: Because I needed to know the reactions of when I do something crazy for when I do something that's literally laid back. But
0: but it's not like that for other people. So it's like I have to mentally and emotionally.
1: Because what's the equivalent of for a white girl, let's just say? What's the equivalent of like the same thing, you know? Yeah, like we, that's not true. A,
0: but it, I guess if they were like, I'm going to, I don't know, uh, use some wax color and do like a bright, crazy neon pink. Right. You know? But, but why that, is that our natural hair considered
1: crazy? Like, it, it's yeah, crazy. Yep. Yeah.
0: That lets you know right there that you subconsciously, we all subconsciously, not even subconsciously, we know like our hair is perceived mm. a certain way. And I have to, not too much it's the word, like nappy you know?
1: raggedy it's like for mm-hmm. me those are the connotations that i hear in mm-hmm. my head and not it's doing cause, too cause much black to people it. you know say that you know you look nappy-headed you know things like that there's things like that are not na- negative connotations that we've heard our whole life yeah that i think are easy to revert back to when i'm in those moments where i'm like am i okay with this like i want to be okay with this yes but then it's like everyone has those insecurities you know and so yeah it comes up i think though it's funny that those things come up because in my mind, I'm like, my hair, this is me with nothing in my hair. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I'm not tying it back. I'm not pinning it back. My hair is just out. As and what would you is. do
0: if they never created straightening systems, even temporary straightening systems where it's like you can get a keratin treatment or, mm-hmm. you know, a silk press or whatever the case may be? What would y'all do? This is my hair. Absolutely. This is how it naturally comes out of my scalp. So if, if no one would have ever created all of these tools and all these different resources that you can resort to in order to loosen the texture, what would y'all do? <laughs> you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? What would you be doing? You wouldn't hire me because my hair naturally and organically coils, curls, waves, whatever the case may be, besides straight out of my scalp.
1: There's a, it's funny because we now have like legislation where they're saying it's the Crown Act, you know. Why, like you why is that out. even in existence? It's And the thing is, there's, I just saw this, this school year on um, a news story that a black boy, he had locks and he had his hair tied up. Oh like, yeah. Because he was a football I player. That. I saw And that. he got uh, suspended because yep. of his hair saying it wasn't natural and it wasn't, excuse me? Let me
0: tell you something. If we don't run a comb and a brush and detangle his hair is going to naturally lock up
1: but he's also he was a football player he had locks he had his hair tied up to be within regulations mm-hmm. of all the things because it couldn't come up, hanging down like yep. he was doing all the things that he needed to yeah but it was short still... of shaving his freaking head <laughs> yeah but and, it, still. and now they're going to be sued because it's now a violation of a yep. law yeah so now you have now brought a legal issue. Of this stuff. And yeah. now your school, it looks like it's discriminating. Yeah. Over something oh, it is discriminating. hair. Yeah. Over something that just could have been like, maybe all intentions, it was for safety because of football. You don't want to get pulled by all of that. Totally yeah. get. He did what he needed to do. You also could have been like, okay, I'm going to put this headband and you're required to wear it underneath. But if it was why all about safety, I, yeah, then about make it safety, about safety. Yeah, but make but it you're about making safety. it about the hair and the control part that you want him to shave his head. And, and you okay
0: are discriminating at that point. You know? and,
1: and it just makes no sense. Because like we can be well intentioned within ourselves. And I did all of the work of like really getting myself there and pushing myself Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable and doing those things. Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed that I don't have any just, you know, things pushing back against me. I don't feel uncomfortable. I took my my first ID photo and I was like, I'm going big hair. I'm going the whole night, like everything I didn't. The last time I got my professional headshots done, I took out my nose rings. I was like, I get that. <laughs> you know, things yeah, like that. Get that. But this time I was like, you know what? Like, I got here on my own. I'm going to be who I am. I never alter my appearance in interviews. So why am I gonna alter my appearance for a headshot? For a headshot. Yeah. Because again, that's what people sometimes it's gonna be the only thing that people see. They may not see me Especially in person. They may everything hear or being see my so work.
0: online and virtual. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so true So I think
1: that was for me the biggest jump was like getting there. I was realizing that like I want to be a good model for people behind me I want to be a good good model for my kids that I work with and Mm -hmm. I want to do something I'm going to make people uncomfortable I'm going to make you say the the quiet part out loud because I'm
0: uncomfortable Having to prep emotionally and mentally. So I'm going to make you uncomfortable so you can see how it feels. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And that's how I am about my tattoos, too. I cover, like, when I'm going into school settings, mostly just because of my own, just for my own personal. But that was always
0: a thing universal. It was never a black thing, a white thing. That was for everyone. Right. Yeah.
1: But then now, too, I think I am adamant about like this is my natural hair mm-hmm. like it's so it's funny if someone sees me and I have like braids or something in I'm always interested to see what they perceive me when I have my like natural hair and not like a protective style right because, again I never look crazy or whatever no. I always look again I it, what always irks me about those statements is that you know oh you need to look presentable and, and professional and I those things. it's like I, it's like I am presentable this is my hair this is what, what do you want me to do?
0: Exactly. Because like I mentioned, at the end of the day, if it wasn't for these straightening systems and anything that we could do to manipulate our hair to make anyone feel comfortable, this is how I would be showing
1: up. You would just say, be presentable. There's nothing else that you need to say. And if there is a need to say, that's a different conversation. It is. It's about you're not taking care of yourself and like holding a standard. That has nothing to do with the type of hair that grows out of my head. My
0: hair is clean is calm. It takes a long it's, time to do. Right. <laughs> and let's let's not even get into the depths of how I have to even make it presentable. Mm. You know, so but it's not unprofessional and that's where that line of presentable and unprofessional right. they you know, they mix up and they they not only mix it up but they don't quite understand The difference between those two words, it's like, no, I'm presentable and professional. Mm. Now, if I came into the work establishment and my hair was, you know, matted on one side and then the other side is throwed out and, Mm. you know, it just looked like I put no effort into being presentable.
1: Presenting an image is a part of your job. I yes. can understand that. Anyone's like if, if job. There's something yeah. I'm selling, or there's something that I have to fit that specifically has, you know, a way to look. I can't even think of something. Maybe like a cheerleader or, you know, a dance, something uh, a, like, about a, the way like that. You a, uh, like a
0: uniform, right. like, like in about a uniformed way. Present,
1: I get that. You have uh-huh. every right. And also, I probably agreed to it. But what you're not going to do is try to, like, make me fit into some imaginary box, especially, mm-hmm. like, pay me more. And I'll do it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But then let's talk about it. But yeah. you're not going to, like, put some sort of expectation for me to show up in a certain way or me showing up as I am. is not as you
0: are. So with you having to face this certain level of emotional consciousness of how you are to present your hair in the Mm -hmm. workplace, you know, being that you are married to a white man, how did that also transition into you, you know, dating, you know, did you think about like, oh, my goodness, like, how is he going to perceive my hair? And should I straighten my hair? Or, you know, what do I need to do to my hair to make it more? Is it going to make him uncomfortable because Mm. of, you know, how our hair is perceived to the white community? So, you know, walk us through that. Like, tell us all about that.
1: So I didn't really think about it, I think, at first. Mm -hmm. When when it did come across my mind was meeting parents. And that, Mm. to me, then was really interesting because – very different we you know don't have a relationship anymore that had some falling outs and again it was because of racism but Mm. it was really interesting going into that because i kind of like again they're like country folk and i was just you know over perceiving like oh they're gonna you know give me some grief and so i wanted to look Again, presentable. Ooh. Like in my mind, it was like so not that. for
0: him, but you did make a subconscious decision Absolutely. when you went to meet his parents,
1: right? And for him, it, it I didn't do it for him because at that point, like he pursued me. So at that point, I had my natural hair. Oh, was, was
0: like oh, so you, you like know, me the way I am, right?
1: <laughs> so I didn't really think about it. And mm. what it did, like I said, when it did come up, was when I was meeting his parents, and that was more so because like this is my hair, and again, curly hair sheds, and there's all kinds of things that come along with yes. that. And so I was just kind of like. My, my poor husband had to figure that. I was like, sorry, I have lots of hair. My hair sheds. I clean up. You know, all those things. It's just how it is Yeah. Yeah, yep. Um. But so I was very conscious of that when meeting his parents. I don't think I did really anything. I think I wore like headband, like the most like generic, no craziness. I don't think I did any sort of flat twists or even things like that that mm. could even perceive like too ethnic or too whatever. Do you feel
0: as though if you were, would you have been that, you know, conscious about, you know, your decision making and your hairstyle if you was married to a, a man of color? I don't think so. Yeah. OK.
1: And I think I, a lot of that happened to be how I grew up. I grew up around just predominantly white people. Yes. It was always like, oh, you know, you, t- you talk proper. Like, oh, you, you think you're white. That sort of thing. So mm. I was already then kind of And like- talking
0: proper is is associated with being it's white just ridiculous. it's like no that's not a white thing
1: but it's, uh, it, it definitely feeds into like the mental kind of anguish that you're going through mm-hmm. in those moments and so i was really anxious about meeting his parents for that reason uh-huh about many others but mostly again the first impression it's like what am i gonna look like what am i gonna feel like at that time i don't think i started wearing a bonnet even around my husband like mm, obviously you we were dating so you at that did point. subconsciously so think about that i didn't that. even really start doing those things until i was like okay you're messing up your hair for what girl like i'm putting Ugh. more work into my hair for what how
0: long did that take before you transitioned to the bonnet while y'all were together
1: mm, i would say maybe a year and a half two years and that was because like we are still like he wasn't staying over as much and so oh, I think when he was Yeah, you weren't living together. Mu- right, if we okay. are staying as long and like full-term, then I would I mean naturally you're going to see me wearing this bonnet.
0: Did you point. feel like he wouldn't find you attractive or question and you didn't want, want to deal questions. with it?
1: I didn't want the questions.
0: Yes. You didn't want to deal with? I
1: didn't. It. I didn't want the questions because mm-hmm. I did the same thing when I would do like competitions and stuff in high school. Like mm-hmm. I would have to wear it then because it was like my mom did my hair and I'm not going to see her for two days. Girl, you better cover this up. And Absolutely. Keep it uh-huh. So that's when I I, I got the oh. And they would ask me questions. So do you, you know, that just whole, getting curious. Yes. And, and the way that they say it, they know that it's uncomfortable because the like,
0: way they ask is uncomfortable. Yes. The energy is uncomfortable. You know, whenever they do ask questions outside of what they should be and, you know, intrigued by, you know, so.
1: And my husband, he's even when he feels uncomfortable, I think he uh, is uncomfortable because he's like, I know that this is probably like comes across weird, I'm sure you probably get this all the time, but he asked in genuine nature like I want to know and we now it's like he we needs talk to about know. having kids like mm. you need to understand this yep. thing and he mm-hmm. knows when he started using my he used one of my brushes and he has waxy hair products, and what is that gonna do flaking Ooh, my hair and I was use yes. like, you know I get so fired up, and I had to explain to him this is why blah blah you know you so cannot good use about my it brush. now, but uh-huh. again, definitely I think it took like a year and a half almost two years for him to really like see you settle the- into like this is the things, and he also sees the products that I put in my hair, and the mm-hmm. shelves and shelves of things that I have. So, how did hair. he
0: perceive the bonnet whenever you wore it for the first
1: time? Like, how did you it,
0: feel? He, like, when you so had it on, was you caught off guard? Like, he showed up at your doorstep, and you had the bonnet on. Like, walk us through that. Like, the first time you saw you with the bonnet couldn't on, couldn't make
1: eye contact because I never one I again, I don't want the whole like, oh my gosh, uh, I told you, like the oh, wow, your hair. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't want that. Even when I do something different to my hair now, uh-huh. I like the very nonchalant. Like, oh, my gosh, it looks great. Like, love You hair. just don't want the attention and I the energy just,
0: sometimes. I get it. It's yeah. a
1: lot. And especially because I don't want to go through the whole journey of my hair. Like, how, yeah, did it, it's like, how does it take? Yeah, it's exhausting. And it's like, it takes as long as it takes. I it's don't, exhausting. I don't want the process. I'm so it's like, side. I
0: just want to get through the day as a normal human being. Right. I don't want to be noticed by my hair, it's you just, know? It's uh,
1: I' A compliment and then being noticed are completely different, you know? That's true. And I don't mind a compliment. I love, like, hype me up. Yes. Yes. But also, like, when you make this whole moment in space about this change that I made, which you yourself probably just did, but we didn't have a whole conversation about it. And I think that's what always made me really uncomfortable. So when he first did, you know, I didn't make eye contact because I was like, no, I don't want the eyes. I don't want the whole thing. And he was like, what? He just asked me, like, what is what do you wear that for? And it was literally like. Retains the moisture instead of going to the pillow and it keeps my hair from, you know, getting messed up. Like that's as much as it was. And that was it.
0: Yes. And it was good. a genuine
1: question because it's like, I don't want, I don't use a bonnet. Right. You know? And so it was a genin- genuine question. I think I didn't mind it then. But most are
0: now using bonnets. They yes. are learning they that how that. this is very beneficial for all hair, not just black people's hair or curly hair because Mm -hmm. there are some white people with curly hair but they probably weren't wearing bonnets either you know but it's beneficial for all hair straight all the way down to the kinkiest texture so we kind of jumped around on the subject because we went from talking about your in-laws to your husband with the bonnet Mm -hmm. so i was like "Ooh, i want to get on that (laughs) we come back to no in-laws yeah so what about so you were very conscious of like not wearing any culture related mm. black hairstyles yeah right okay so you know share some more light on that with us please
1: i think i just again i think it all stems from not wanting the conversation not wanting the questions not wanting the especially like if i had done like full like braid down or something where mm-hmm. it would be beneficial for my hair yeah well within natural hairstyles something that every black person will do has done whatever Yeah. I just didn't want to have to explain that. I didn't want to be the representative, you know, of the community for them in that moment. Because it's
0: all about getting to know me. Yeah. I can I'll teach you one day because you need to know because you have a black daughter-in-law. Right. But not today. Today is about getting to know me as a person, as a human being, and that I'm a good fit for your son. That's mm.
1: it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, that too, it's like, I don't want to give you something that then you can try to use against me. So for me, that was like mm-hmm. what I was feeling weird about was because like, they would always say some things out of pocket and I was just kind of like, mm, okay, Taking not notes. necessarily to me, but it was just like, you're comfortable saying this out loud. What are you going to, when you feel more comfortable, what are what you going to say? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh-huh. And
1: so that's kind of like what I was keeping, you know, on my radar on. But mostly I think it was just, like I said, I don't want the looks. I don't want this whole thing. And then I also didn't want them to say, you know anytime I do something oh now what's this I didn't want to explain that, com- that what, question that row? you know I didn't want to go through the whole process i like, up here
0: rubbing my shoulder listening because I'm getting uncomfortable right? listening yes. it's, just
1: like, it's, <laughs> it's something I just didn't want to have to go down and so I put you know consciously made steps to make it just not even an option you know just bare bones puff ponytail just back very bare bare minimum just no effort my hair's in a ponytail that's just what it is Mm
0: -hmm. did they ever get to a point where they did question your hair
1: no I don't think so. and I think the only time I think I've ever been asked anything was when I've gotten braids done and the most common thing is how long does that take Okay, it's fair. And
0: that is a fair question because Uh, we ask each other because we're trying to figure out, do we want to even sit that long? You know, yes. (laughs) And for them, it looks
1: like a lot, you Mm -hmm. know,
0: because braids is a lot, you know. So that is a fair question. That is a that's a generalized question. Now
1: that I'm talking about I think one of the things that did come up was when. I first like had my hair like out. And now I don't remember if it was in a fro or if it was like in a puff or like even, you know, high puffs mm-hmm. two, two of them or something. Um, but I do remember them kind of be asking, like, is that basically like alluding to is that your real hair? Is that oh, a weave? Oh, okay. Because if it looks mm-hmm. different than I had it the pre prior time, they uh-huh. just assume that. They don't my understand hair is- it
0: can do a lot of things.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: magic up here. Right. You know? Well, and
1: especially like if from just how it is naturally like tight. And then if I blow it out a little bit, if I, you know, stretch it the day before, if I come, if it's coming out of, you know, twist outs or something, it's going to look different. It's going to look different every time. And I don't think they understood that part of it. So maybe it could have been very innocently, but I think that's Mm -hmm. the only the time that I can think of that really, I got those, Oh my gosh. Like, is that real? And I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) It it wasn't even that my hair was longer. It was just like, it looks different. The texture was just manipulated
0: differently. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's good that you never had to feel uncomfortable about your hair because some questions are just like, that feels wrong coming out. Come on now. Yeah.
1: How do you approach that situation? Like people like, you know, Oh my gosh. Like if it wasn't real, like, yeah. It's it's how I'm wearing my
0: hair. Yeah.
1: You know, someone dyes their hair. You wouldn't say, is that your real hair? Is that your real hair color? Like, yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. So that's what I always like weary about. I didn't necessarily feel uncomfortable, you know, doing different things to my hair Mm because I I was going to do what I was going to do. And if you don't like, I'm just going to drive back home to my house. Yeah. Because I don't
0: have to be here. Your son (laughs) loves me at this point. Exactly. (laughs) Because I'm. Yeah. So
1: I was fine. Kind of. It is what it is. But I think those are the only ones that really made me uncomfortable was like almost alluding like just because it's something different. Doesn't mean that it's fake. Like I can't believe it's, you know, something that belongs to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Can do all these different things. It's it's versatile for sure. You know, so what has your husband learned about hair being married to a black woman? Like what what do he know now? Because I see some of the funny TikToks of you know white men saying signs that you're married to a black woman mm. and, and they
1: you know and it's it's all facts you know well, so. like i said first he knows don't use my brushes <laughs> or if he uses my any of my brushes specifically my detangling brush is what he's used okay um that makes sense because he has dark hair but he uses waxy products and mm-hmm. so it like and my hair dries white and it flakes yes In his hair he can just wash it out yeah it'll just turn mm-hmm. like looser and then he'll wash it and then it'll be fine yeah but, but we're
0: not shampooing no, every day that's a whole process not. yeah
1: and then if you're if i don't see it in there but then i drag it through my hair and then it flakes up it oh, looks like nasty M- in my hair yes. and it gets, it's not just like a simple brush it out of your nope. hair it's like you gotta, you gotta go, go in and fish it out you- <laughs> it drives me nuts <laughs>
0: Girl, you said you got to fish it out because the curls, you have to, you know, the curls yes. are intertwining with each other. It's not like straight hair where you no. just take a fine-tooth comb, run it down and the hair strands and Lord, remove it. But it's going, it's intertwining with my curls.
1: Exactly. And God forbid I have like, I don't know, edge or something, you know, edge control on where I'm like, it's oh, never going to come out.
0: OMG, that's true. So
1: he learned that very quickly because I'd be screaming across the house like, ah, I didn't use my <laughs> brush, but... <laughs> That was definitely the big one. And then he uh-huh. also understood that I'm not just buying random things. Like, these things do different things in different times. Mm-hmm. And so, I use it sometimes. Because sometimes he'd be, I'd be like, hey, well, I need you to get this. Or I need to get this. And he's like, well, don't you have this? Or why do we need to buy another one of these? Yes. Or he'll use, oh, when he runs out of conditioner, he'll use my conditioner. Uh-huh. Like, don't touch curly hair conditioner. Yeah. Because yeah. I already use
0: that all of the time. And then we run through products so quickly. so. Yes. It's like, I can be getting in the shower. I'm thinking like, ooh, I'm about to shampoo Mm -hmm. and condition my hair. And you pick up that bottle and it's like, really? Mm. And I really think that's a whole husband and wife thing universal. I don't even know if that's a black and white thing at all. Because some of my black clients who are married to black men, they have this same issue about leave my hair products alone. (laughs) They are not for you. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I think that understanding that... Him not using my pillowcase as well. Oh, yeah. I have a silk Mm -hmm. pillowcase and I use a bonnet all the whole thing, but sometimes I'm very adamant about not using my silk thing because again the waxy products from his Mm -hmm. he sleeps hot so if he happens to sweat or something then that product is just straight into the pillow uh,
0: oh yeah Mm. and so
1: for me that definitely bothers me and definitely messes with my hair texture especially Mm -hmm. again like I said because he uses wax based products
0: right okay that makes sense so he
1: learned that very quickly about you know I'm not just being picky about my pillowcase I'm like this has a purpose and like this is the pillow that it doesn't match the bed for a reason because this is the one I sleep on I was
0: about to say (laughs) everything with black curly hair has a purpose mm. i mean it, it just do which is why the it's a journey yes. you know for us and and you do create emotional attachment to the journey to your hair which is why you know whenever you know you are experiencing any type of conflict or challenge with it it is very daunting it's yes. <laughs> so, a lot to change mm-hmm. yeah it is so whenever you embarked on your natural hair journey for the first time, did you have any ideas or, you know, we can get fixated on how, ooh, I see her hair on Pinterest mm. and I want it that yes. way. And, and ooh, when I go natural, my hair is going to be this way. Did you have like an initial idealism of, ooh, my hair is going to yes. be like that? And then later the reality came mm. and it was completely different.
1: Absolutely. OK, come on. Biggest tell us about heartbreak. it. Biggest heartbreak. Girl, I wanted that Tracy Ellis Ross hair. Ooh, big, she is
0: so many people's inspiration gorgeous. well
1: the, again like i was told oh you got 4c hair google 4c don't hair. do that she's the get first rid person. of the curl
0: pattern chart we're gonna talk about that on one of my segments too <laughs> go ahead girl. i was like oh
1: okay 4c and then mm-hmm. she's just the ideal i was like oh my gosh she's great i love her hair she's gorgeous blah 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 like that was mine that again, was your hair inspiration I hair, even when um, my bob like bit I was notorious for like teasing this part you know The,
0: the isn't the that knee. funny how when we had relaxed hair we were trying to create volume yeah that's how you knew then we wanted I'm our ass. natural hair we I'm wanted not. that well, volume. It, uh,
1: when I would get relaxed oh, it's, it's too
0: flat I can't wait till the relax is like two weeks old yes. because I want the volume okay <laughs> Go so
1: ahead, girl, like, yeah. i googled i wanted her big hair i wanted the whole full volume mm-hmm. the whole thing specifically i wanted the fullness around the face and then something to like drop into my face like if i yes, had a big you wanted bro, the length and yes, the volume exactly yes so again i wanted the whole thing and even when i pulled it up back out of my face i still had the volume because that was the biggest thing is like even when i pull my like i go my fro that's great but then i it shrinks up or i pull my hair back that's great but then it shrinks up in the in the crown so the yes. same things having different styles and so it was like it was not achieving i knew nothing about like i knew my hair was going to shrink up but like to see it completely change the way that i i just spent hours stretching and doing buying all it's products for like elongating and not understanding that my hair just is not going to do Mm. this every single time Mm -hmm. and then like when i met you then you know we were able to kind of achieve those things by using like flexi rods or doing different blow drying and stretching yeah to manipulate it but Mm -hmm. again it's still my hair you just gotta do it a different way or go about it a different process and so i think Mm -hmm. not understanding that at first that's really hard because again Mm -hmm. it was like kind of reverse back into, okay, my hair's wrong. It's broken. It's bad. Like I don't have the good 4C hair. I have mm-hmm. the bad 4C hair, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have the hair that's really hard to deal with. Cause I'm thinking of like notorious things with 4C hair. You know, it's hard to tangle Well, you know, whatever the case may be. I think those are the things that I was so used to hearing mm. and then trying to get used to this new texture that I've now put myself into mm-hmm. was really hard.
0: Yeah. What I love though is, you didn't give up because it's so easy to give up. Be like, you know, I'm just gonna slap a relax on this and I'm gonna make my life easy and keep it moving. But you just was like, Nope. For some reason, like you had a specific, you know, assignment and you you accomplish it, you There's know. Certain
1: things I really liked about, like the wildness of my puff, like when I would pull it back, it was great. I didn't have to do the whole curling it and then uh-huh. teasing it out and any of that. It was, uh, I got exactly what I wanted by just pulling it back, you know, kind of messing it up a little bit, pulling, mm-hmm. stretching, whatever. Manipulating to, to get the volume that you want. Right. You yeah. didn't have to do too much to it, which was nice. Figuring out, like, the good parts of it mm-hmm. instead of seeing that part as a bad thing. Like, yes, my hair is really thick and it shrinks up, but I also, my hair is moistered. Like, it's, you know, yeah. I can detangle it fairly easily. Like, I can do all these different things. I can make it look like a formal thing, you know, pull a little flat twist with a bobby pin in the front if I want some sort of detail in the front. Yeah. that was another thing was, like, feeling like my hair is just a bunch of curls and just, like, matted and then, like, that it can't really do anything pretty was like realizing that I can do these things. Yes. I just need to take the time to do it. And I think that was the the biggest realization is and like th- my hair didn't change. I didn't change my color. Uh-huh. It's still the same thing. I add a little water to it, detangle it, treat it correctly yep. and do what I can find
0: What works for your hair. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like if you are stuck in your natural hair journey of appreciating your natural curls, More than likely it's because you have not figured out what to do with it. Yes. More than anything. Or I'm so
1: set for me you parting my hair a different way rocked my world mm. because for me again i'm so set on how my image is yeah i was like okay when i got my hair you know, parted when i did my bob this is the way my hair grew so that's just the way my hair is Yeah, instead of like that is what i did to my hair at the time and
0: that's what you were comfortable with right too. and yeah. so
1: parting my hair a different way realizing that like naturally my hair wants to fall this way because my curls and are I going to fight way. it exactly and mm-hmm. so understanding that like and i could go back and forth like parting is not permanent
0: it's not, it's not a
1: cut you know and I think understanding that too Mm
0: is a whole process yeah it is especially just understanding the journey just going from relaxers to natural hair and not knowing how versatile natural Mm. curls or natural natural hair is because relaxed hair it can be versatile but it's not it's a different type of versatility you know and so if, I know, like, when I was relaxing my hair, I had the left side part in a wrap, left side part in a wrap, mm-hmm. left side part in anything that I did, even if I did, I did twist outs even with the relaxer. Mm. I wanted that hair then, yes. you know, but... I'm like, oh, it's just, it's just not meant for me. Like I don't, cause I got to relax at a young age. So I didn't remember my curls, you know? Right. So I just, I didn't even understand even back then mentally, like girl, stop putting the relax on your hair. and You will have curly hair, you know? You're the problem. right? I'm the problem here. I'm not understanding how this all works, you know? But I always resorted to the left side part. But I noticed when I did go natural, I'm like, what does it want to do today? Mm. Oh, you don't want to be split down the middle. We're going right. Let's go right. You know, we're going to go right, you know, and it works, you know, just not trying to be so combative with your hair, you know, because at the end of the day, your hair is going to rule unless it's (laughs) going to win. It's going (laughs) to rule every time, especially if you didn't take that. If you didn't want to wash it, Mm. condition, blow dry and intentionally get it the Get it. Or for me,
1: regularly it turns into I'm gonna fight it and do this. And it's like, girl, my arms hurt. You should have just left it alone. Just
0: leave it alone, especially (laughs) if this day's old wash. That hair does not behave (laughs) all the time. So but like But again,
1: it's still you can still make it work. Yeah. You still look good. Yeah. It's just really being realistic and like
0: realistic. That's (laughs) it. Right there. Being realistic with what you have. On your head. You yeah. have to be.
1: And where you are, because, girl, if you're a busy week and you haven't washed, you can't do the flat, you know, you can't do all these things. Your hair's gonna just need a little bit of a break.
0: It is. So, what made you decide to resort to a natural hairstyle for your wedding instead of getting, you know, weave with looser texture? Mm-hmm. Or Or, you know, stretching your own hair to create an updo? Like what made you decide like, no, I'm going for something that's very similar to my texture and I'm going to create an updo with that.
1: I think it was kind of playing on the fact that, like I mentioned, I really was in this space of like, I am tired of trying to like, box myself in and like, feel like I'm out of place. And this is just how I am. Mm -hmm. So I was very adamant when I was planning my wedding, because we had the time to do it. I was like, I'm going to put in the time to find a stylist that really knows how to work with my type of hair. Mm -hmm. I don't want to find somebody I don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars that I'm going to just put something on my hair that isn't my hair. And it's going to be For one day. Uh I was very adamant about, I want this to look like me now and for the rest of my life. Mm. And so, again, I was very adamant when I designed my wedding dress. I want my tattoos (sighs) showing. I want it to be a color that looks good on me. I I wore a dark green. My tattoos were out. I had sleeves at one point and then un- you know took off the sleeves for later on because again that is just who i am mm-hmm. so i was very adamant about my hair being the same way and so my kind of signature i always do like double puffs and you know some sort of twist or some sort of something and so I was very I, mm-hmm. I knew i wanted something in the front little details i didn't know if i wanted twisted braids whatever mm-hmm. and i knew i wanted big volume because that's mm-hmm. just how i've been and for me a lot like you said a lot of the bridal hairs are like the swoops and then, you know, like the, you know, waves and all these things. Always looser sleek. texture. Gorgeous. But again, it's nothing big. It's I'm going to lose what I'm so used to seeing. And I didn't want, you know, with the added makeup and all of that stuff, then to lose my hair on top of it. I was mm-hmm. very adamant about not doing something low because I, it's an off shoulder. And so I didn't want, you know, certain positions. Again, I was worried about not having hair in some pictures looking like I didn't have hair in some angles mm-hmm. and that's just how my you know my images on myself and so I, I was like I need to find someone who will do something big and bold and you know and I was googling and looking on Pinterest different mm-hmm. hairstyles mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted big did you volume. find it
0: difficult to find like natural hairstyles yeah for weddings? well I
1: realized too that some of it was wigs and not actual hair texture right so it's like mm-hmm. i Love this. This is a great image, but it's not going to translate the same or I'm not going to be able to find the same hairpiece or whatever the, the case may be. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really just need to find something that's here's an idea of this. What can we do on my hair to yep. get the same idea, like an image not necessarily the, an exact replica of something?
0: We did have a consultation about mm-hmm. that. Exactly. And I referred you to true and pure texture. Yep. Yeah, because they have so many great varieties of different texture and you needed something very similar to Mm. your texture and I was just excited because most of my inquiries the hair is usually it's not a natural updo hairstyle for the wedding day
1: well I was like really excited that you were excited Mm because again like stepping into somebody else it was like that anxiety like again at this point Mm. when i met you i still did not have a regular stylist yes like i sought you out ahead of time because i was like i want someone who eventually will do my hair and then will also do my hair for my wedding yes that i'm comfortable with Uh uh-huh yeah and so like Meeting you and then talking about like the style that I wanted and the type of hair that I had and the whole nine we you know, really went in detail. I think I was really excited because you were excited. Yes. So you uh-huh. were like, it wasn't something that you were kind of like, maybe we we can figure this out together. Oh, it no. was like,
0: no, we are doing this.
1: Yeah. And so I think <laughs> that's what helped me kind of really relax into it. Mm-hmm. And then you were able to, oh no, I can do this. And I was like, I was even still trying to find ways to make my hair more manageable. Like, oh, I can do this instead. And you're
0: like, no, uh, no, you don't need we to do can that. do this. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so I think really understand and again it's about like the, getting to that point myself and then also understanding that like when you find somebody who knows what they're doing, then you can really like relax into it.
0: Absolutely. Because it's like an exchange of energy. You know, if I don't feel confident that you can execute the hairstyle mm. Then you you have to feel even sometimes you can run into a situation where clients don't feel comfortable that you can do it even though you have the confidence in doing it. It's like an exchange of energy. Like, you know, you have to trust that I can do it. I also have to trust myself that I can do it too. And then it just comes out, you know, the way that it needs to come out. You know, so... And also being realistic with finding someone who is skilled and specialized in whatever hairstyle that you are seeking, you know, you know, not only just for behind the chair for your wedding day, like, you know, don't go looking for someone who only works with relaxed hair or, you know, you you don't see there's like a specialty of what you're looking for there. You know, that's like a complete setup because, because I do see that, you know, in this industry, not just bridal, but behind the chair, clients will go to these specific uh, hairstylists that don't specialize in whatever it is that they're mm. seeking and then the re- the results don't turn out the way that they want right. it and I'm like well that was never their strong well, right because you know no,
1: they're not someone who knows something they're going to be able to see something oh it's going in this direction okay we need to do this this, and this. yeah like, your hair is not going to agree with this so we're going to try this yeah
0: they have to have that and sometimes it's like an instinct you know, it is like sometimes education don't help you. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just like an instinct. Like I already know if I do this, this is not going to do what it's supposed to do. Tell us about your moments of self-acceptance where you were just like, you know what? It's like that art of not giving an I mm. I don't know if you ever read mm. that book, but like, Absolutely. yeah, that art of not giving an elf. like, you know what? It is what it is. This is who I am. This is how God created me. I love me. And mm. this is what I'm moving forward with. If you don't like it, you can just move around. Mm. You know, so tell us about that.
1: I think for me, I think most of that is ingrained in me being more confident and comfortable in my blackness. Like, 100%. Mm. Like, I, I think for me, that's what's yes, been indeed. most fun. Is because, I mean, I can't change it. And I think the more I've tried to like fit around and be, you know, minimize, the more unhappier I've been and the more uncomfortable Mm. I've been. Why do you think that is? Because I'm black. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. And I think the more that I've tried to like spin that or try to like minimize or like not to feel othered because again i've been the only black person in most of my spaces growing up i didn't have another black person in my class until seventh grade you Ooh. know that's a long time that's a very long time so just navigating everything that kind of goes through that i mean that's puberty age right like yeah and so it's a lot mm. to navigate growing up and you know all of those weird microaggressions from like you know as a kid and like bullying and the whole and so i think for me my empowerment has been being more confident in my blackness and understanding that like I have different texture. I have you know fuller lips. I have things that people don't have. I have issues that you know I don't have to wear certain things that certain people you know. I put sunscreen on, having to explain to people. Yes, I still wear sunscreen. Yes. you know, I still burn and like I still get tan lines. Omg, you know, just mm-hmm. those simple things. But I think being more confident and more aware in my blackness has definitely helped me be more confident because. I have, you know, when like having another black girl tell you, you have great hair, you have, the, you know. That helps. Getting compliments, getting hyped up or, oh, I just rolled out of bed today. Oh, I, I didn't even try today. Like mm-hmm. that definitely helps because I can't even tell you, I can't even remember a compliment I got when I was going full out trying to seek that. My mm-hmm. best compliments that have resonated with me are when I just am showing up as my As yourself. Self, you know? Do you
0: feel like, you? because I also feel like society is finally mentally shifting mm. to where our hair our natural curly hair is everything mm, you know a flex. it's a flex yeah it's a flex Absolutely. so do you feel like that also kind of helped you get into that moment of you know what this is who I am and I yes. love it you know
1: well and especially because like for, I think the biggest thing, big one of the first earlier turnarounds for me was, like, that fullness where I'm just, like, trying to, like, minimize, trying to get stick straight. I'm like, people are killing themselves, breaking combs, trying to get the volume that I just naturally wake mm. up with, you know? And so I think I started to have to realize and find other things that people are seeking out for me to stop trying to do. That's why I didn't overpluck my eyebrows. Like, you know, mm-hmm. things like that I really had to find, things that people were seeking out that I had so that, okay, there is some value in this. Like I should be confident because a lot this of is value, the, you know, mm-hmm. and it took a while to get to that point, but I definitely think my biggest things are revolved around that for sure.
0: Okay. So what about your dad? Whenever you go home mm-hmm. and visit him today, now that you are in this moment of black woman power and mm-hmm. empowerment and movement and, and everything beyond of acceptance of who you are, When you go home, do you have those moments of, you know, self-reflecting about what is he going to say to me? Or has your dad now moved into the direction mentally like, this is my daughter, this is who she is, and, you know, this is her hair, this is how she's going to wear it, and, you know, did it come to a moment where he accepted it, or did he just stop talking about it because you were just like, I don't care no more?
1: I think a little bit of both. I think Mm -hmm. he realized that he can say as much as he wants, but I'm going to drive back to college and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And he Uh. knows, and I'm not going to go crazy. He knows, you know, I think that's what helped him to kind of like quit trying to, vocally put me in a place where I needed this is what I want you to do this is what you should be thinking about doing and instead just letting me organically get there mm-hmm. has definitely helped our relationship again like I said I'm the only girl and baby and the whole thing so there's all those extra you know dad Bad things and right mm-hmm. that he he put in but also at the same time I think now he's very much he's very open about like vocally telling me that he's proud of me openly talking Good. about things and I think that has less to do with my image but I think it does have something to do with my image because i'm more confident and i'm pushing back like if he says something like dad i'm i'm at home it's like i'm off camera you You know like what do i need and i think that's it's like understanding that i don't need to be photo ready at all times Mm -hmm. because i even say that now it is so hard for me to dress casual yes it is so hard for me because even going out somewhere like wearing sweatpants is lazy wearing athletic clothes when you're not wearing athletic doing something athletic is you know there were so many things that we had to juggle growing up that me being home now, I'm just like dad. I'm, I'm not gonna like tangle out my hair and pour it all up. Like this is my safe been space. My scalp. I need. I need a break from. My my safe
0: space. I need to be exactly who I wanna be, right here. Right. You know, and I don't need to hear from you. I hear from the outside world. I don't need to hear from you.
1: And I think too, like like I mentioned, like being more confident in my blackness. I that meant like getting protective styles because even still, like some people look down on people getting braids. They sure do. And so for me, I was like, I understand the value of these styles now that I'm more confident. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was younger, I wouldn't do them because I didn't want to look too black. Mm -hmm. When I was older this is what I want to do to like really protect my hair I've been putting in a lot of work and money and effort into this if this is going to save me for six months when I'm really busy it's 100 degrees outside and I can't really do the things that I need to do everything or it's no use doing that because I'm fighting the heat all day yeah my hair already doesn't retain moisture like what can I do to save me and my hair for a little bit
0: absolutely and I think
1: that is now definitely helped too is showing him like me wearing these braids, I still look professional. Me wearing this style, I'm still professional. I still look put together. You sure do. It's better for my hair right now, and it's better for my <laughs> mental health because I ain't got to fight my hair every that morning. That part. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Woo! <laughs> Love it. So what future goals do you have aligned for your natural hair journey from here on out based on all the experiences, challenges, and conflicts, mm-hmm. and you know, things that you learned over the years. Like, what do you plan on doing from here on out?
1: Well, I'm still seeking out that Tracy Ellis Ross hair, girl. <laughs> like, that is still my ultimate. and I think that's because. The volume. Like, yes. Got gotcha, you. Okay. And the length, specifically when she has, like, her fro. And okay. That's just my idea. Like, I really. That is. will for me, will be. My peak, I think, not Nash- I-
0: not her texture, just her no, length just and the, her volume. The ability
1: to go from styled, you know, down, out, twisted, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, as big as her hair is, it can do it all. And yes. so I think that's my biggest goal is like getting the length that I want, whether it's uh-huh. throwed out, whether it's pulled back, whatever. That's my ultimate goal, I think. Uh-huh. But also like I want to have kids. And so I want to make sure that I'm doing the right things with my hair and modeling things to do with my hair. Yes. But when I have kids, and again, not only will I have kids, I will have mixed kids. So I also need to take that into consideration. Yeah,
0: well. absolutely. Because having a mixed child, it already comes with its different levels of controversy like Mm. am I being black enough am I being white enough and then you have the different hair textures what I've noticed in a lot of my clients who do have biracial kids you'll have one kid that has Mm. more of a straighter texture than the next kid has more of a kinkier texture and then especially if you are a mother that is white Instead of a mother that is black, mm. that can be a very challenging experience for a white mom. Yeah. But, you know, for you, I do wonder how the approach would be if you kept chemically straightening your hair because you wouldn't have, you know, the knowledge and the education that you have now in order to take care of curls.
1: Mm. Right. And I wouldn't know the limit on their hair. That's true. I I was afraid to trust it on my own hair. Can you imagine if I'm just like, this is what this is going to help you do. Right. And I overdo it. Like, that could change their curl pattern.
0: Yeah, ruin it for sure. Because, you know, I've done biracial kids from the same parents. They have two completely different textures. And that creates some type of overwhelmment for the mom, even if she is black.
1: Yeah, because we're just knowing that you now have not only one skill set, you now have to create two separate skill sets.
0: And let's be honest, you know, a lot of us today that have transitioned to being completely natural, we still struggle with how to take care of our hair, Mm. how to style it, etc. And there are some moms out here that even if the child is fully black or Mm. biracial, they still have a hard time because no one groom them or taught them how to take care of naturally curly mm-hmm. hair and they're trying to learn how to take care of their naturally curly hair which is different from their daughter's naturally or curly hair
1: reading something and that gives you no insight on hey this hair is damaged hey yep. this hair is dry hey this hair is whatever yep. they're just like okay this is what I'm supposed to do and, and then not it don't work out yeah. yeah
0: so yes I'm glad you brought that point up because that do comes with its own level of you know, emotions and traumatization, <laughs> believe it or not, you know. And um, and it's important to bring awareness to, you know, that specific situation. Because let's be honest, like I don't think in about 30 years from now, I don't believe anyone is going to be fully anything. You know, <laughs> like I feel like, you know, as years progress, you are not going to be able to identify if somebody is, absolutely black or absolutely white you know i can use j cole for an example he has a full-blooded white mom and dad is black yes wow uh, and he's his, got that
1: thick hair too. Oh yes,
0: he looks like a full-blown black man. Oh like let's it, based on aesthetic appearances and what we mm. have in our heads, what a black man or woman supposed or to mixed, look like,
1: especially too because uh, his, his, his hair texture
0: is very kinky. Wow. Yeah. So you—that's why I was like. You're not gonna be able to identify and put nobody anywhere because no one really knows that he has a parent that is full-blown white, mm. and it's his mom, and his dad is black. Mm. So, you know, it's just so many when it comes to textured hair in, you know, the black, you know, industry or or whatever and ethnicity, heritage, whatever the case may be. It's it's just and this is why this is a conversation that will continue to go on forever Mm -hmm. because it don't just stop at one specific thing. Like, I just brought that up about J. Cole, and we can just keep going about yeah. that. You know, so it's always, that's why I feel like it is a controversial topic, uh, black hair is, because there's so many variables to it, mm. you know? So, Jerica, do you have any advice for others out there who are currently experiencing what you have triumphed when it comes to, you know... Back then, you had this unhealthy emotional attachment to your hair, and now you have conquered that situation mentally, and you have arrived Mm. to this place of self-acceptance with your natural hair and your blackness, and this is who I am, and if you don't like it, I don't genuinely care. Mm. It's not my business. I'm doing me, and this is who I am. So if you can offer any type of advice to help the next black woman out here who is struggling, and on a mission to just stop the natural hair journey because she don't like her hair and she hate her hair. What advice and gems can you drop for her to help her reach where you are now today?
1: So first, I think the biggest thing that I wish I would have heard that probably, well, I hope that it echoes in your head is that no matter how many times you cut color, straighten, whatever, the hair that grows out of your head is still going to be the same hair that grows out of your head. Mm. So, I can spend more time working against it or I can work to accepting and feeling better in the space. Now I have, you know, all this time. I'm so happy that I got to that point Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy that I did it at the time that I did.
2: Mm -hmm. Because
1: now that it is so visual, I do have so many things to look to now. I have so many specific product lines. And Mm. I think my biggest advice is like go into it with an idea not a checkbox like i want this i want this hairstyle i want this texture i want Absolutely. this color this is the idea that i would like to achieve this is why i want to achieve that and then have a stylist that will help you get to that not have a stylist that will do it just to get the money because they can mm-hmm. upcharge That's you to important. get to that point because i could have really gone to someone who was like we're gonna make your hair do what you want it to do uh-huh. but i didn't luckily didn't stumble across anybody who did that i stumbled yes. into people who were helping me maintain to get to the point that I wanted until yes. I was able to be like, okay, I got to chop it. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's the biggest thing that I wish I would have had is like someone to see earlier on that I was fighting something that wasn't going to change. Yeah. <laughs> like I was trying to do things that just are going to drive me crazy and I'm going to go in circles and then end up right where I am.
0: Yeah. Or relaxed.
1: Right. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And also just kind of piggybacking up, like, There's enough pressure on black women, black people Mm. in general, but there's enough that we have to worry about safety, you know, accessibility. Are we going to get paid the same? Are Mm. we going to even be heard when we walk in the door? There's going to be so many things working against us. I feel like you already have to climb that mountain. Don't add more to it. Like, don't put more on yourself to try to get to that point. I think. The more that you can do, if you aren't going to support yourself, you know, it's like RuPaul, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? You That's right. You have to get to that point. And I think for me, I spent so much time admiring other people's hair, not realizing that some people want what I have. They
0: sure do. That is a fact. You are sitting around idolizing someone else's curls and you are Mm. someone's inspiration. Right. And that is that actually happened to one of my clients. She never vocalized that she did not like her hair. But I do feel as though the kinkier, coilyer clients more experienced this mentally than Mm. the other textures. And she had that kinky, coily texture. And I never got the vibe that she didn't like her hair unless she had arrived already in that moment. Like when I met you, you were already there. But she was literally someone's hair goals. A Mm. client came to me, sat in my chair, pulled up her picture. She was like, I want her hair. And it was "Quote unquote" four C hair, but right. for me, speaking as a professional, it was kinky, curly, coily hair. Mm. So you could be someone's inspiration. Absolutely,
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm. that's great advice, Jerica. Thank you. <laughs> so we have to come to a close, <laughs> unfortunately, because this segment was so amazing. I've learned so much about Jerica that I didn't know prior. Two years later. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. And I learned so much about your journey. And, you know, even today I learned how you arrived to where you are when I met you. Mm. I met you in this place, in this moment now. And I just want to say thank you so much for carving time out of your schedule to share and also to uplift the next black woman Mm. who was currently where you are and to share advice to get her to where you are currently. So I want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you for everything, every gem, every knowledge, every experience that you shared. I am truly grateful and I'm sure the listeners are as well.
1: Thank you so much. This has been fun.
0: Absolutely. So if you want to stay connected to Jerica, Jerica, can you please share your information how you would prefer the listeners to connect with you
1: sure um so i'm sure you'll see me on kenitra's page absolutely um, because <laughs> you know your girl had to get a hair model in yes um, so i hopefully will be on there but if otherwise um, my instagram is jerica j-e-r-r-i-c-a from america and yeah hope to hear from some people that absolutely cool.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hair What I'm Saying podcast on the complexities surrounding Black women and their relationship with their hair. We hope this discussion has shed light on the societal pressures and historical factors contributing to many Black women's struggles. We encourage you to continue learning about and supporting a movement of self-love and acceptance for all hair types and textures. Join us next time as we continue to explore important topics and issues affecting our communities. If you enjoyed this week's episode on the Hair What I'm Saying podcast, don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating or review so that you can be the first to know when a new episode is released. If you happen to come across an episode that you particularly enjoy, please share it with your friends, family or anyone else you think might appreciate it. To stay updated on my activities, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore hair what I'm saying underscore. And for my business financials advice, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore the vintage hipster underscore. Additionally, be sure to subscribe to our website for all the latest news and updates. Until next time, peace and many blessings. And always thank you for tuning in.